Hello, and welcome to the podcast of First Congregational United Church of Christ in DeWitt, Iowa. I am Pastor Chris, and no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here, and we are glad that you are here. This is summer, so on the podcast right now, we are keeping things simple, so there is just podcast worship this week. My usual reminder here at the top that if you like what you hear, it would be really, really helpful if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with other folks. That will help more people hear this podcast and find our other stuff and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and get to know our community here in DeWitt a little bit better and maybe even find a community for themselves. Thank you so much for joining us. And with that... Let's get started. Let's take a moment to prepare ourselves for worship, to prepare our minds and our bodies, our spirits and our space to come before our Lord and Savior. And we will do that as usual by taking three deep breaths. Take one deep breath and become aware of God's presence all around you. No matter where we are, we are surrounded by the love of God. But when we are together in worship, we want to open ourselves up and be especially mindful of that fact. Take a second deep breath and be filled with a spirit of gratitude for this opportunity to be together. During the week, it is easy to run around and feel separated from each other, maybe even get a little distracted and feel separated from God. But when we are together in worship, whether we are in this space or watching the video or listening to the podcast, we are united by one Holy Spirit as one body of Christ, and for that we can be thankful. And take a third deep breath, and lay aside any thoughts or feelings that might stand in the way of being fully present in worship. I know that there are a lot of things on our minds and in our hearts, but for the next little while, let's set those things aside so that we can be fully present here and now. I trust in the Lord, and the Lord does not disappoint me. I trust in God, and God delivers me. I cry out to God, and God saves me. The Lord welcomes us in our affliction. The Lord answers us when we cry, and so we lift our lives in faith. We glorify the name of the Lord. I will praise the Lord for the generations yet to come. I will tell people yet unborn about all that the Lord has done. In all of our worst troubles. Let us pray. In all of our troubles, O God, you prove your faithfulness. When we are drowning, you reach out for us. 
when we are surrounded by snares, you rescue us. Renew our faith in this time of worship, that we might be as faithful to you as you have been to us. Refresh our spirits in this time of praise, that we might go into the world proclaiming the good news of your steadfast love. Come and praise the Lord. Come and glorify the God of our deliverance. Today's reading comes from Ruth, third chapter, verses 1 through 18. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kinsman Boaz, with whose young women you have now been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lay down. And he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had instructed her. When Boaz had eaten and drunk, and he was in a contented mood, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came stealthily and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your cloak over your servant, for you are next of kin. He said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. This last instance of your loyalty is better than the first. You have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do do not be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. For all the assembly of my people know that you are a worthy woman. But now, though it is true that I am a near kinsman, there is another kinsman more closely related than I. Remain this night, and in the morning, if he will act as your next of kin, good, let him do it. If he is not willing to act as next of kin for you, then I, as the Lord lives, I will act as your next of kin for you. Lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before one person could recognize another, for he said, It must not be known that the women came to the threshing floor. Then he said, Bring the cloak you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out. And he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her back. Then he went into the city. She came to her mother-in-law who said, How did things go with you, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, He gave me these six measures of barley. For he said, Do not go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how this matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Once upon a time, in the land of Israel, there was a priest. This priest was devoted and devout. And he told the people of Israel that all of their trials and tribulations, all of their problems and predicaments, all of their defeats, all of their exiles, were because of their own iniquities because of the ways that they had failed to keep the law of the Lord their God. And most of all, because they had married foreign women. 
Canaanites and Hittites, Perizzites and Jebusites, Ammonites and Egyptians, Amorites and Moabites. So this priest gathered all of the men who had married foreign women, and all of those men confessed their sin and divorced their wives and sent them away along with their children. And someone disagreed with that. Someone thought that was wrong. Someone thought that was a bad thing. So someone told a story, and that story became a book, and that book started more or less. Once upon a time in the land of Israel, there was a woman. Once upon a time in the land of Israel, there were two women. Ten years ago, Naomi left Bethlehem with her husband and her sons and settled in Moab, where the Moabites live. And Naomi's sons married Moabite women. One married Orpah, and the other married Ruth. They all made a happy little home there. And then Naomi's husband died, and then Naomi's sons died. And all that was left of that happy little home was Naomi and Orpah and Ruth. And Naomi decided to go home to Bethlehem. And she told Orpah and Ruth, she begged Orpah and Ruth to stay in Moab. And Orpah did. But Ruth, Ruth followed Naomi all the way back to Bethlehem saying, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. And it might be hard for us to understand, but Naomi and Ruth are in a precarious position. They are not helpless. They are not fragile but they are women in a patriarchal society that values women, not totally, not just for this, but very much for their ability to have children, to pass the name, to pass the traditions, to pass the faith on to the next generation. And things would be different for them if their husbands had left them fortunes, or if they had sons who could provide for them. But they have gone from their father's houses to their husband's houses to the poorhouse. And now they are two widows, one old and one young, one from here and one definitely not from here, whose fates are absolutely and inextricably intertwined and who don't have a soft spot to land. But there is a rule in Israel. When a man dies and has no children and leaves a widow behind, another man from his extended family has to marry that woman. 
so that the widow can live and the dead can have a child and the name and the traditions and the faith can be passed on to the next generation. So Naomi sends Ruth to meet Boaz, to just happen to run into Boaz, to meet cute Boaz, who is rich and prominent and very much from here, And Ruth does that. And then Naomi tells Ruth, Boaz is uh, working late tonight. So put on your best dress and this fine perfume and go to Boaz. And after he has some dinner and drinks some wine and falls asleep on the couch, go get next to him and snuggle up close. And when he wakes up and sees you there, he will tell you what to do. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more, say no more. So Ruth puts on her best dress and that fine perfume, and she goes to Boaz. And after he has some dinner and drinks some wine and falls asleep on the couch, she gets next to him and snuggles up close. And when he wakes up, startled to see some strange woman in the dark. And before he can say anything other than, who are you? She says, more or less, marry me? Be the one? It's going to be someone, and I would like it to be you. And there's more to the story, of course, but he does. And Ruth goes from being a foreign widow in a precarious position to being rich and prominent and very much from here. And Naomi gets grandbabies and great-grandbabies and great-great-grandbabies. She gets to pass the name and the traditions and the faith on to the next generation. Naomi and Ruth's story is not a story that translates particularly well to our day and age. It is a story from a deeply patriarchal society where the lives of women are tightly bound to the lives of men, where a woman can go from her father's house to her husband's house to the poorhouse, especially if her husband dies, especially if her husband sends her away. But at its root, This is a story about how things get passed on to the next generation. There is a common experience for people my age. Our parents try to give us stuff. At the very least, our parents try to plan to give us stuff. We are offered china and nativity sets, desks and buffets, dining room tables and baby grand pianos, and more. And the challenge of that is that a lot of people my age have exactly the amount of house that we can afford, (laughs) or exactly the amount of apartment that we can manage. And it's not like we're gonna live here forever. Eventually, we'll just have to move it anyway. And everything that comes in needs to be matched by something going out. And I know it might sound silly, 
but our parents have things to pass on and there just isn't the room. And there is this thing. I don't know if it has a name, but let's call it structural inheritance. If we want to pass the things in this life that we have enjoyed on to the next generation, then we also need to pass all of the things that help us in, helped us enjoy those things in life on to the next generation. If we want to pass furniture on to the next generation, then we also need to pass affordable and spacious housing on to the next generation. If we want to pass long family visits on to the next generation, then we also need to pass time off from work on to the next generation. If we want to pass traditions on to the next generation, then we also need to pass the stories and the understandings on to the next generation. We have to welcome the next generation into the whole of our lives and graciously accept the offerings that they bring and let them reshape the world so that they can be from here so that they can make here better. And at its root, the story of Naomi and Ruth is a story about how Naomi helps Ruth get into the system so that she can be part of Israel's life, so that she can be from here, so that she can make here better. It is easy to tell the story of Ruth as a story about, well, Ruth. It is easy to tell a story where Ruth follows Naomi to Bethlehem and then does everything by herself. But the truth is that Naomi guides Ruth all the way through. But Naomi doesn't just give Ruth her stuff. Naomi doesn't just give Ruth her expectations and then hope that Ruth works things out on her own. Naomi gives Ruth tools so that she can make a life of her own. Naomi plants the seeds and lets Ruth bring them to blossom. And when Ruth makes here better, she does that in one of the only ways that a woman in a deeply patriarchal society can. She has a son named Obed who has a son named Jesse, who has a son named David, who becomes the king of Israel. And if you go far enough down that line, eventually Ruth has a descendant named Jesus, who is God with us, who redeems the whole world. Once upon a time, in the land of Israel, there was a priest. This priest was devoted and devout, and he told the people of Israel that all of their trials and tribulations, all of their problems and predicaments, all of their defeats, all of their exiles were because of their own iniquities, because of the ways that they had failed to keep the law of the Lord their God, and most of all, because they had married foreign women. Canaanites and Hittites, Perizzites and Jebusites, Ammonites and Egyptians, Amorites and Moabites. 
So this priest gathered all of the men who had married foreign women, and all of those men confessed their sin and divorced their wives and sent them away along with their children. And that priest was wrong. That was a bad thing. And we know that because once upon a time in the land of Israel, there were two women, Naomi, who was from here, and Ruth, who definitely was not. But Naomi welcomed Ruth into her family and gave her what she needed to thrive in an unfamiliar land. And that hospitality and that generosity set in motion a chain from generation to generation that would give Israel its greatest king and give the world a savior and bring about the reign of God. And that raises a question that I am not going to answer, but that is a very important question. What could happen if we, as a church, as a community, as a nation, welcomed in the people who are not from here. Whether those are people from another place or the generation that's on its way up. What if we gave them what they needed to thrive and accepted the gifts that they offer until they are from here? And together, we all made here better. Please join me in a moment of silent reflection. Please join me in the spirit of prayer. Gracious God, who called the worlds into being and gave them to us as a gift, who gave the world to itself as a gift, who passed it on. We have benefited so greatly from those generations that have come before, who have passed on traditions, and stories, and faith. We have benefited from people who have joined our community, folks who are not from here, who have become from here, and brought gifts that we could scarcely imagine. Help us, O oh God, to join in that chain, to pass those things that we have on to the next generation to new people. Help us, O oh God, to accept the gifts of the next generation of those new people. Help us all together to make here better until your reign comes to this earth, until it blossoms all around us, until we find ourselves at last in your kingdom. We have many things on our minds and in our hearts, O oh God. We have celebrations and we have sorrows. We have certainties and we have doubts. 
we have wondering. And we don't know quite what to do with all of this stuff. So we bring it to you in prayer. That you, O oh God, might joy in our joy and sorrow in our sorrows. That you might humble us in our certainties and raise us up in our doubts. That you might answer our wonderings, or at least give us better wonderings. That you might take all of these things off of our shoulders and give us comfort. And so we ask you, O oh God, to hear these, the prayers of your people. Prayers for Joe, prayers for a successful procedure to alleviate back pain. Prayers for doctors and nurses and everyone in charge of his care. Prayers for his family and everyone who cares for him. Prayers for a speedy recovery and the disappearance of pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Prayers for all of those facing extreme weather conditions around the world. Prayers of wisdom for us and for our leaders that we can do something to address this. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Some of us, O oh God, have prayers that we can speak aloud. Some of us have prayers we want to keep between us and you. Some of us have prayers on the tips of our tongues, if only we could find the words. Some of us have prayers buried so deep inside we don't even know that they are there. Search us and know us, O God. Find those prayers within us and hear us as we take a moment for silent prayer. The chain of all good gifts, O oh God, begins with you. The chain of being begins with you, passed down from generation to generation. Help us, O oh God, to be faithful to you as you have been faithful to us. Help us, O oh God, to be faithful to each other and to pass that faith on, that everyone might come to know you, that everyone might find joy in your gifts, that we all might live together as one people. Hear these prayers, O God. Answer them in the ways that are best for us, at the times that are best for us, and give us the faith to trust that you are always with us, guiding us and upholding us as we walk this path of life. We pray all of these things and more in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you liked what you heard, it would be great if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with others. 
If you would like to get to know more about First Congregational United Church of Christ, please pay a visit to our website at uccdewitt.org. That's U-C-C-D-E-W-I-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and, of course, your favorite podcast app. If you would like to reach me, Pastor Chris, you can do that by emailing pastor at uccdewitt.org, and you can send suggestions and ideas for the podcast to podcast at uccdewitt.org. This podcast and all of the ministries of First Congregational United Church of Christ are only possible because people like you support them. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to consider making a gift to the church, and you can do that easily and securely on the aforementioned website, uccdewitt.org. You can also find instructions there about how to mail a gift or find us on Venmo. Our music includes Funkarama by Kevin McLeod and Gymnopedes numbers one and two by Eric Satie, performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find those tunes at incompetech.filmmusic.io. There are links in the episode notes. Thank you again for joining us. And with that, what could happen if we welcomed in the people who aren't from here? Whether they are from another place or the generation that's on its way up and gave them what they needed to thrive and accepted the gifts that they offered. What wonders could God work through them to make here better? Let us go into the world as ambassadors of God's extravagant welcome. Let us go into the world not only as a people who keep the faith, but as a people who pass that faith on, that everyone might find a home in the community that God has built. May the blessing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all, be with you now and always. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Amen. <laughs>